Ком стають укусами на скрізний струм. Потока патоки твоя порядність, така спокуслива не я. Ловлю до полині і пестучі не я. Життя вимірюю кусами твої конспекти. І зайві ремнощі твоя порядність, така спокуслива. Така спокуслива. Така спокуслива усе. Твоє, що я мушу вивчити усе. Твоє, що я хочу відати ти. Наповнені ти недочута, ти переслухана, ти божевільна, ти не керована твої симптоми, твої діагнози, фешен тіві, і серце Ісуса, де температура, високі радуси, твоя порядність така спокуслива, така спокуслива, така спокуслива усе, твоє, що я мушу вивчити усе, твоє, що я хочу вітати ти. Вітер з Атлантики так дивно бути з тобою поряд Коли свобода найвищий поверх Ти божевільна, ти не керована Ти не дочута, ти переслухана Твоя відсутність така заплутана Твоя присутність така наповнена Така наповнена Така наповнена усе Твоє, що я мушу вивчити усе Твоє, що я хочу віддати ти Ти, ти, ти Усе Твоє, що я мушу вивчити усе що я хочу відати ти, 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 ти усе, твоє, що я мушу вивчити усе, твоє, що я хочу відати ти, 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 ти усе, твоє, що я мушу вивчити усе, твоє, що я хочу відати ти. And a popular Ukrainian group by the name of Komovnez and Takas Pokusleva. Such seduction. Vitaju vas vsih šanovni radio suhači na radio predaču naš holos radio krinskoho korinja. S vami Pavlina Makori, djakuju što rišile prebuci zimnoju nastupnu hodenu. Me majmo duže cikavi na vene nasjuničnih programi i takož čudovu ukrinsku muziku. Hello there and welcome to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm your host, Paulette Demchuk-McQuarrie, Pokrinske Pavlina, and I'm delighted to have you with me. We have a great program lined up for you. We have a book review by Myra Junik, and this is one of the, this is the winner, rather, of the Kobzar Literary Award for 2016. It's called Detachment. As well, we've got news from Ukraine, courtesy Ukraine Today, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next, another Ukrainian group. They are called Zapovid. Here they are now with Hey Ivana, Hey Johnny. Все, я тебе люблю, гей, а 
Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. Don't miss the 4th Annual Babazin Borscht Ukrainian Festival, August 20th and 21st in Andrew, Alberta. Ukrainian food, music, dance, Baba's Bazaar, museum tours and exhibits, Zabava and more. Lessons in clay oven making, leather work and Ukrainian dance. Find out all about Samohanka, yes, moonshine. Tons of fun and excitement at Babazin Borscht Festival, August 20th and 21st in Andrew, Alberta. Oh, and there's a borscht cook-off too. Admission is free and includes a borscht sample. For tickets, visit babazinborscht.ca. Do you want to listen to Nash Holes without using your web browser? Well, it's very easy. Download Stitcher's Smart Radio for iPhone and Android. the latest news stories from Ukraine, courtesy Ukraine's first international English news channel, Ukraine Today. Three Ukrainian soldiers were killed, four persons more wounded in eastern Ukraine. This is the result of heavy shellings in Donetsk region, close to the towns of Avdiivka, Starohnatyivka and Nevelsky. In the past 24 hours, Russian-backed separatist forces attacked Ukrainian army more than 60 times, mostly in Mariupol and Donetsk sector, with several skirmishes in Luhansk region as well. The National Guard fighters serving close to Kominternovo in southern part of Donetsk region say, apart from regular shellings, they are attacked by sharpshooters and machine gunners. Less than a kilometer from Ukrainian soldiers' positions, terrorists have dug an entrenchment installing a gun there. Ukrainian military say they are currently unable to eliminate the trap. Two houses have been burned here recently. The terrorists accuse Ukrainian guardians of firing the local residents. The woodland close to Starohnatyivka to the south of Donetsk is also under permanent threat. Numerous subversive groups of the enemy are in constant attempt to advance further into the forest, though failing each time. Rearside also suffers from regular blasts. Combat engineers report daily of dozens of mines and projectiles gathered along the roads and even local vegetable gardens. It is impossible to neutralize the ammunition harmlessly, for Russian-backed terrorists bombard Ukrainian positions heavily. A good deal of bombs remains unexploded that endangers the local residents. Russian-backed terrorists continue shelling the houses of the local residents, not making a single break even at night. According to the anti-terrorist operation headquarters, the hottest points are the towns of Marinka and Krasnohorivka, to the west of the city of Donetsk. Numerous civil objects have been damaged so far, among them a secondary school, a five-storied building and a fruit garden. You see, there is a piece of tank left. I guess there must have been a kind of rotation, for they are extremely active. Five Ukrainian soldiers are reported wounded during the last night. In the meantime, Russian-backed separatist forces have got a new portion of Kremlin aid, masked under the humanitarian convoy. Ukrainian soldiers say their enemy does not have a single portion of the so-called officer's dignity. At first, the terrorists call for ceasefire. In a while, though, they start heavy shellings with no warning. In the town of Krasnohorivka, the ceasefire regime was fixed no more than three times during the month. The local residents say they have already got used to regular separatist provocations. 
The neighboring Marinka is just five kilometers away from Krasnogorivka. Recently, nearly 50 Russian-backed militants have attempted to approach the town, attacking simultaneously from three different sites. One of the fighters of Donbass battalion got wounded. Now he is being treated in the city of Dnipro. Ukrainian military command say the enemy tries to approach their positions even from the rear side. Now the National Guard fighters know if the streets are crowded with the locals, there is no danger. But when the town becomes empty, it is a clear signal of an upcoming attack. Russian-backed separatist forces attacked Ukrainian positions 44 times during the last 24 hours in Luhansk region. The neighboring Donetsk also suffered, in particular the industrial zone of Avdiivka. National Guard fighters report on numerous machine gun shellings, as well as mine shootings. The previous night, though relatively still, caused a new wave of suspicion among the Ukrainians. The soldiers suppose the enemy must be undergoing a kind of rotation or preparing new provocations. Ukrainian soldiers confront Russian-backed forces almost face-to-face. At some places, just several hundred meters divide their positions. The most tense situation is at the sector near Evdiivka and on the stretch between Zaitseva and Mayorsk. These soldiers live and hold the line in a so-called lair. Their forward position is just several hundred meters from separatist militants. The basement, covered with mildew inside, is hidden in bushes. We are a bit concealed here, but there are drones. They can see everything. It is relatively calm here for the last few days. The soldiers say the militants are busy shooting at each other. This is a usual tactics for them. The shellings are aimed for local residents to believe they are being attacked by Ukrainian army. Social media in Gorlivka immediately write that Ukrainians are completely out of their minds. We're all in basements here. In Zaitseve, near occupied Horlivka, Russia-backed militants hide in basements too. Ukrainian military say separatists only control two streets by now. This is our forward position, 150 meters more, and there are separatist pits. Close combat is rather often here, but Ukrainian servicemen say the enemy has completely lost the hope to get Zaitseva back. The situation on the Ukrainian Eastern Front line may worsen harshly. According to Ukraine's intelligence service, the leaders of Russian-backed separatist forces ordered each and every militant, including those being off, to return to the battlefield. Along with the armed forces, they drag heavy weapon closer to the position of Ukrainian soldiers. National Guard fighters say they are being shelled every night, as well as the houses of the local residents. The village of Krasnohorivka, lying to the west of Donetsk, is considered one of the hottest points. The distance between the positions of Ukrainian army and the terrorists is less than one kilometer. Both sides do not spend a single hour without being shelled and rescuing from heavy mortars. Ukrainian officers claim Russian-backed separatists might have undergone the regular rotation, for since recent they have started shooting with big-caliber bullets. Ukrainians do not remember the enemy had such kind of weapon before the recent so-called updates. After one more night spent under heavy shelling, Ukrainian soldiers say the enemy has already forgotten about Minsk agreements. Ukraine may soon encounter a real war. New threats come from Russian-backed separatist forces in eastern Ukraine. This is according to Irina Hrashchenko, the first deputy speaker of Ukrainian parliament and president's envoy in trilateral contact group. On her Facebook account, she reported that terrorists have transferred the Ukrainian prisoners to the isolation ward, claiming the soldiers may be sentenced to 30 years behind bars. A couple of days ago, the separatist leaders refused from the previously settled scheme of prisoners' exchange, that is 25 Ukrainians for 50 Russian-backed accomplices. The militants insist each and every Russian-backed person must be returned to the occupied territories, 600 people in total. Irina Hirashchenko says at least half of the people on the list do not exist in life. A U.S. dock landing ship entered the Black Sea. Naval vessel passed through the Bosphorus Channel to participate in the joint Ukrainian-U.S. multinational maritime exercisers Seabreeze 2016. The ship, named USS Whitby Island, is set to take part in at-sea stage of the drills. Meanwhile, the at-land stage is unfolding in Mykolaiv region in southern Ukraine. A group of Ukrainian and Moldovan soldiers driving the military hammers are now elaborating the defense maneuvers while being attacked from the ambush. 
At the same time, Georgian armed forces perform another scenario. According to the drill's plot, the armed vehicle has been exploded, its driver is severely wounded. Both our soldiers and Ukrainian militaries gain a big deal of experience. These exercises are very useful for our armies. According to another legend, Ukrainian soldiers from Marine Corps land in the enemy camp, aiming to kidnap their leader. The fighters have in total no more than 15 minutes. Another group is expected to arrive on helicopter to evacuate their accomplices. Those elaborating the shooting skills train on another polygon. In order to grasp better who has been wounded, the soldiers use paintball weapon. Crimean Tatars protest against Russia's violating human rights in the currently occupied Crimea. Numerous activists came to the building of Russian embassy to Ukraine in Kyiv, demanding to reveal the roundabouts of Irvin Ibrahimov. He disappeared on 25th of May. His location is still unknown. Ibrahimov was an active civilian as well as connected with the Majlis, the executive and representative body of the Crimean Tatars, strictly persecuted by Russia-proclaimed authorities. The activists insist, since the beginning of Russian occupation, 22 people have disappeared so far. Later, six of them were found dead. The rest 15 are still missing. Crimean Tatars claim there have been more than 250 cases of human rights violation. Russia-occupied authorities continue to conduct illegal searches in the homes of those intolerant to Russian occupation. Since 2014, 20,000 people are said to have left Crimean Peninsula. Look who has been missing so far. It's not only the activists, it's bakers, bloggers who were not involved in the civil movements. It's usual people being persecuted. The so-called authorities are willing to intimidate those remaining on the occupied peninsula. People disappear each and every month. It was in 2014, 2015, the trend continues in 2016. Numerous political prisoners have been sentenced by Russian courts with no legal proof. They may arrest a person who is dissatisfied with the current situation. A major reshuffle among Russia's regional governors. President Putin has dismissed and replaced a number of top local administration representatives and federal agencies' heads over just a single day. In addition, the Kremlin leader has merged the occupied Crimea into Russia's southern federal district. Earlier, the region was treated by Russia as a separate federal district. The official version says the change will raise the efficiency of local governments. However, some experts believe that occupied peninsula is being stripped of its autonomous powers. Crimea is going to have more links with the southern federal region. In certain way, it is an attempt to move aside from the previous officials. This is the change of a group of government managers. Putin reassigned the acting governor of Sevastopol, Sergei Minailo, as representative to the Siberian Federal District. In a follow-up, Putin has dismissed Russian ambassador to Ukraine, Mikhail Zurabov, who had been working in Kyiv for the last seven years and was one of the negotiators during the Minsk peace talks. Sergei Toropov was appointed acting ambassador, but Zurabov's likely successor is Mikhail Babich, current presidential envoy to the Volga Federal District. International experts are examining the site where Ukrainian journalist Pavlo Sheremet has been killed in a car blast. Along with Ukrainian police officers, they check the stone paving and make numerous pictures. No one is eager to tell the media what they are looking for. The day before, Ukraine's interior minister Arsen Novakov reported the workers of U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation have been invited to join the case. Ukrainian police press office promises to unveil the details as soon as there are the first results to present. This day has finally come, the 27th of July, the day when more than a thousand years ago Ukrainian predecessor Kyiv and Rus adopted Christianity. This year Ukrainians have been overwhelmed with panics. An unprecedented religious procession set off to Kyiv from the eastern region, in particular from the Sviatohirsk cave monastery situated in Donetsk region. A week later another group of religious pilgrims departed from Holy Dormition Puchayev Lavra in Ternopil region, that is western Ukraine. Today both groups met in the capital. Thousands of police officers and soldiers have been watching the streets of Kyiv since early morning. The whole city center is full of metal detectors, metal wired fence across the streets. The police is on the highest level of alert.
We are set to follow the strictest security rules. The members of Ukrainian National Police, as well as the National Guard fighters, will examine the believers. All the people are expected to pass through the metal detector screen. It's a compulsory measure, for we have been previously warned on numerous provocations. Both pilgrim groups entered Kyiv early in the morning. After pronouncing usual prayers, they set off to the city center. As the National Police Service previously demanded, the believers walk no longer. Instead, everyone willing to participate in the overall divine service is obliged to get on the bus. At the same time, hundreds of believers gather at St. Volodymyr Hill, awaiting the official public prayer. In total, more than 10,000 people. As the official liturgy finished, the whole crowd line set off to Kyiv Pachersk Lavra. In view of abnormal heat with 30 degrees above zero, several people reported fainted and taken to the hospital. As the column walked along the streets, several people met them on the way, holding Ukrainian flags and shouting patriotic slogans. At 16 p.m., the march is reported to be over, with procession members arriving at Kyiv Pachersk Monastery. The all-night vigil is set to start in an hour. An unexpected historical discovery done in the city of Kamyanets-Pudilsky in Khmelnytsky region in western Ukraine. An old military tower dated back to the 16th century was known only by ancient historical maps. The newly discovered founding may become an additional step to UNESCO World Heritage. This year, Kamenets-Pudilsky is set to appeal to the organization for the third and the last time. This tower was hiding one of the most beautiful city view, the so-called Catholic front of the monasteries. According to the historical manuscripts, once nearly 60 local residents defended the city from Turkish invasion. In 16th century, the city of Kamenets-Pudilsky was already quite populated. Apart from the tower reminiscence, the archaeologists found an old stove. It might have been designed for pottery or blacksmith manufacturing. Geologists in turn study the area around the digging site, hoping to find some other valuable artifacts. The new radar is constructed specially for such purposes, for it doesn't destroy the soil. Using such method, the scholars may explore the earth 12 meters in depth. The excavation works are currently set to continue. Outdoor advertising must be banned in the buffer zone close to Kyiv Pechersk Lavra, a historic Orthodox Christian monastery, and the National Sanctuary Complex Sofia of Kyiv. That is what to be done according to the demands of UNESCO, who are indignant with the amount of commercial advertising in historical areas of Ukrainian capital. Kyiv authorities promise not only to fulfill their requirements, but to exceed as well. The representatives of Kyiv Mayor Vitaly Klitschko say they are set to remove the advertising boards from the crossroads and transport routes. Their key argument is that too much advertising allegedly distracts the drivers from following the traffic rules, thus endangering the pedestrians and other drivers as well. According to the new legislation project, the outdoor advertising may be installed not closer than 10 meters from the junctures and pedestrian crossings, as well as no more than 30 meters from public transport stops. The advertisers themselves strongly oppose such initiative. It's impossible to establish a precise distance for the whole city, since each and every street is unique. The deputies of Kyiv City Council are to consider the new outdoor advertising conception next month. If the project is adopted, Kyiv will purportedly undergo the commercial break. A big corruption scandal to be unveiled in Ukraine's state aviation administration. The department workers are said to have embezzled 4,300,000 hryvnias. According to Ukraine's security service, in December 2015, the aforementioned costs were remitted to one of the Russian-backed companies, supposedly for purchasing the metal detectors for the Borispil International Airport in Kyiv. The investigators say the vendor appeared to be a fake Czech enterprise. Additionally, the procurement price was four times higher. According to the reports of Kyiv Office of Public Prosecutor, the police officers do dispose of numerous proof of the criminal schemes used for money laundering. The investigation is underway. No officials' names are currently mentioned. Our ministry officially claims it will combat corruption with no compromise possible. A good deal of discrediting evidence is still being considered and revised by Ukraine's Prosecutor General's office. Money necessary for the Eurovision Song Contest 2017 are found. This is according to Ukraine's Prime Minister Volodymyr Hroisman. On his Facebook page he wrote, 
Ukrainian government ensured European Broadcasting Union it would provide 15 million euro for Ukraine's state committee for television and radio broadcasting. The location, though, is still unknown. Three cities, Kyiv, Dnipro and Odessa, strive for the right to hold the competition. The organizing committee promises to name the hosting city as soon as the technical and organizing issues are solved, as well as the advice of European colleagues are fulfilled. Made in Ukraine successfully done. A festival of Ukrainian culture finished in Latvia. Both Latvian citizens and numerous visitors had a chance to enjoy Ukrainian cuisine and listen to authentic Ukrainian music four days long. The organizers of the show say the concert hall Zintari was totally crowded. The audience waved with blue and yellow Ukrainian flags. The spectators could not hide their impressions, saying they would eagerly welcome the guests from Ukraine again. The actors and singers in turn say the festival made in Ukraine will definitely return to Latvia the next year. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's Ukraine News Roundup for this edition of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. To hear more news from Ukraine today, check all of this week's editions of Nasholos at www.nasholos.com. And for their full roster of breaking stories, as well as interviews, press reviews, and in-depth analysis on Ukraine, follow Ukraine Today on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and their live blog, uatoday.tv. Vyslouchejte radio předáčů náš holos radio Krínského Koríňa na bohatomovní radiostanci AM 1320 u místí Vancouveri. Hovorit Pavlina. You're listening to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio on AM 1320 CHMB, Vancouver. I'm your host, Pavlina. We are brothers for Steps the 
Another Toronto group by the name of Dunai from their most recent album that was Fly Kozak, an original composition by their fellow Torontonian Ron Kahoot. Coming up next is an American movie star who has Ukrainian roots and has recorded the odd Ukrainian folk song. Here is Mila Jovovich now with Oyuhayu Predunayu, A Grove Near the Danube. Oh, 
Toronto, Ontario, that was Dovira with a song from their brand new CD just released this weekend, and that song was V to Battle. And that is one of many innovative songs that this incredibly talented group is doing. If you would like a little bit more information, if you didn't get a chance to get to their press, to their uh, CD release party, rather, Tune in to the June 20th Nanaimo edition of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio, and uh, you'll find an interview with Stacy of Dovira. Up next, a delightful group of students at the Shevchenko University in Kiev. Uh, these are music students, of course, and here they are now with a delightful little ditty, Katerina Ivesel, Catherine and Bill. <laughs> Knishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, Ukrainian stories in English. In this edition of Knishka Corner, we will be discussing Maurice Moreau's award-winning memoir, Detachment, an adoption memoir. Readers first meet an emotionally drained Maurice in 2009 in a psychologist's office in Winnipeg. For three years, his wife Betsy has been urging him to get help. He tells the psychologist, I have problems in my marriage. Marital problems, I guess. He explains that he feels he is a bad husband, as well as an unresponsive parent, to his oldest son, Jeremy, and his two sons, Bogdan and Peter, who were adopted from Ukraine in 2005. He also worries about his complicated relationship with his father, as well as his father's traumatic past. In order to deal with these issues, Maurice is writing a book. Detachment is the result of his psychological exploration. This memoir is divided into seven chapters, exploring the complex adoption process and its aftermath. Maurice and Betsy decided to adopt in Ukraine because of their family connections. 
Maurice's family members, were Mennonites from Ukraine who fled the country during World War II. When they arrive in Ukraine, they discover that instead of a little girl and another child, they are going to adopt two brothers. This begins a lengthy adoption process, which costs a great deal of money and results in a great deal of frustration with Ukrainian officials. After returning to Winnipeg with their new sons, Maurice and Betsy are ecstatic. They now have the perfect family. However, when the sons go to school, cracks start to appear in their relationship. They discover that Peter, the older child, has an attachment disorder because of his traumatic past. It was common with kids who were adopted or in foster homes and who'd experienced severe neglect or child abuse. This results in emotional outbursts and destructive behavior. The emotional toll of dealing with Peter's issues, as well as a bad case of writer's block, puts a huge strain on their marriage. Will their family survive? Maurice Moreau's powerful book, Detachment, is a very insightful and intriguing memoir. Readers will be drawn to his honest portrayal of the Ukrainian adoption process, which is a bureaucratic nightmare. His exploration of the impact of adopting two brothers from another country is poignant and sometimes difficult to read. He does not shy away from tough discussions about how the adoption process has impacted his marriage. The memoir explores the complexities of creating a family as well as what it means to be a family. Detachment also gives readers a great deal of insight into the life of a writer. Writing is not always a structured lifestyle, and at times it can be emotionally draining. Maurice's examination of his father's history is particularly difficult. As a result, Maurice suffers from a lengthy period of writer's block. Any writer who has had such a period will definitely sympathize with him. Maurice Moreau is the founding editor of the Canadian fiction imprint Enfield and Winzenti and the online magazine The Winnipeg Review. Born in Indiana, Maurice grew up in Nigeria, Manitoba, Jamaica, Kansas, and Saskatchewan. He now lives in Winnipeg with his family. Maurice Moreau's new book of poems, Autobiographical Fictions, appeared in September 2015. Detachment, an adoption memoir, was published in 2014 and won the 2016 Kobza Literary Award. Detachment is available at Chapters Indigo and Amazon. Thanks, Myra. Join us again soon for another edition of Kanishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio.
Ukrainian ethno-rock band Teen Sonsia and Yihale Kozakia, Riding Cossacks. Here's what's coming up this week in Vancouver's Ukrainian community. On Wednesdays, catch Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio broadcasting live from Nanaimo to north and central Vancouver Island, the Gulf Islands, the Sunshine Coast, northwest Washington State, and in the greater Vancouver listening area. Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific Time on CHLY Radio Malaspina, 101.7 FM on the radio dial, and streaming online at chly.ca. Nasholos now airs in international syndication on the PCJ Radio Network, broadcasting weekly on AM, FM, and shortwave radio to over 20 countries. Information and podcast links on PCJ Radio at www.pcjmedia.com. Channel 8 Omni airs two Ukrainian-language TV shows in the Vancouver viewing area, Kontakt TV Sundays at 7 a.m., with repeats Tuesdays at 9 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 a.m., and Forum TV Sundays at 8 a.m., with repeats on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. and Thursdays at 12 noon. And at 6 p.m. on Saturday evenings, flip your radio dial right back here to AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver or catch the live stream at am1320.com. And join me for another hour of fun on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. In between broadcasts, make sure to follow Nasholos and me on Facebook and Twitter. And for audio archives, transcripts, podcast feeds and more, visit our website at www.nasholos.com.
another Canadian group for you there. That was Chetam Shinna from Montreal from a compilation CD, Best of Chetam Shinna, and a traditional Ukrainian folk song, of course, Poriza Lampalchik, I Cut My Finger. For the very best in Ukrainian programming, tune in to Nasholis Ukrainian Roots Radio in Vancouver every Saturday at 6 p.m. Pacific Time on AM 1320 CHMB, streaming at am1320.com. Live in Nanaimo Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific Time on CHLY 101.7 FM and online at chly.ca. And elsewhere in the world here on the PCJ Radio Network on AM FM and Shortwave Radio. In between broadcasts, you can find us online at www.nasholis.com where you can get podcast links to all three editions of the show. As well, make sure to follow Nash Hollis on Twitter and please like our Facebook page and follow our blog. And our proverb of the week translates as silent waters cut away the shore. Well, that about wraps it up for another edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio to take us to the end of our program, the By Request Band from Steinbeck, Manitoba, and the Kerosene Polka. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich! <laughs> Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.